Welcome to Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Thank you for joining us as we listen to another message from Pastor Daniel Shirley. Well, let me ask you this question. How many of you came from the hood? Anybody raised in the hood? Yeah, there's some... There's some people that were raised in the hood and some people that are hood wannabes. And, and uh, praise God. We're talking about a different hood today. We're talking about motherhood. Hallelujah. And so, um, you know, there were certain things that, uh, you know, generally, I mean, even... Why do you see a, a a gangster? You know that he's got he's got mom tattooed on his shoulder because even mom translates to the hood. And so uh, anyway, we, there is a um, there there is a message in this today that we're going to be talking about motherhood. And, uh, you know, what it, uh, what it really means. You know, I, I know that, that some of the moms in here today, some of your children are, are raised and, uh, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, they're, they're into adulthood already. And uh, some grandparents here today, some young mothers, some that... Uh, um, you know, are, are not mothers yet, but, uh, you know, uh, I almost said, well, I almost said you're headed that way, but that's not what I meant, okay? That, that's not what I was, I thought about how that sounded just before I said it, so uh, that that's not the way I meant that, okay? What I meant is that you are are, are young and that's in your future in the, in the near future and so wherever you happen to be in, in in that regard God's got a word for you not a mother yet make some notes take these things down and and uh, uh, you know just just save them for later um, you know maybe if you're a grandmother and your your children are are adults, well, keep these things. Praise God, you're in a position where you can influence your children, your uh, uh, your daughters, your daughters-in-laws, and and uh, uh, that kind of thing. So anyway. Let's just raise one hand and say this together. Say, Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. Father, I am good ground for your word. I'm a doer of the word, not a hearer only. And I am blessed in my deeds. And I rejoice today, Father, because you sent the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to me. So I call on you today, Holy Spirit, to do your work in my life. I'll receive truth, act upon it, be changed by it, and I will never be the same again. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18. It says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Now, that's the, the um, New King James Version. The 1611 King James Version says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And so, uh, what I want to talk about today is, is vision and how important it is to instill vision and, and uh, communicate vision to your children. And, uh, you know, what, I, I've learned some things over the years, and, uh, you know, I've learned how important it is to have a direction and to know where you're headed. Praise God. You know, how, how many know this, that when you don't know where you're going, you don't know when you get there? Does that make sense? If you have no idea where you're going, you don't know when you, when you arrive. And, uh, you know, anytime you start out, anybody ever go on a road trip where you just you didn't know where you were going, you just got in the car and drove? You know, I remember that when I was a kid, we used to do that. We'd just get in the car. Dad would want to go for a drive, and we'd just go drive. He didn't know where he was going. He just would drive. And he'd see, well, let's turn down this road. Let's go down here. Let's do that. And, and, and we would just drive. And, uh, uh, you know, but that was, that was back when uh, gasoline was 65 cents a gallon. And, uh, you know, so people don't do that too much anymore. I guess some people do, but uh, um, anyway, um, vision is so important. You know, if I just said, go, you know, and I, and I told all of you, I said, well, just go, just go. Everyone in here, you'd go a different direction. There's a door back there. There's a door there. There's a door there, there's a door over there. Some of you would go in that door and you'd be stuck because it doesn't go anywhere. Um, but some of you would know the, the right way to get out of here, and you would, but, but we would all go different directions. Um, but if we didn't have a specific place we were going, now if I said everyone go to the back, now we've given you vision. We've given you direction. We've taught you or, or told you which direction to go, and you're going to the back. And so everyone would move that direction. But, uh, you know, it's, it's so important with, with your children to begin to impart vision to them, to, to impart direction. He says, where there is no revelation, no vision, the people cast off restraint. There is, but, but when you know specifically where you're going, if you went on a road trip, but you were going to Hobbs, then the vision would restrain you. The vision would keep you from going north on Highway 285. The vision would cause you to go uh, east that direction, that way. East is what I was trying to say. It would keep you from going east on 62-180. If I said, you know, we're going to Hobbs, 
the vision of Hobbes that I am planted in your mind then would restrain you and determine which direction you were going. And so um, many parents, fathers included, you know, but, but many times parents attempt to raise their children without giving them a direction. And so, you know, you can take a, a kid that's a, um, he's a young athlete. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen this where you ask a kid, well, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I want to be a football player. But because they're given no direction, they don't know that they need to start preparing to be a football player at a very young age. And those who are successful in, in uh, any kind of athletics, those that are successful are those who begin at a young age preparing. You know, if, if they're going to be a, a, a baseball player, well, they want to start playing Little League Baseball as early as possible and begin to develop and learn the skills. You don't start, you know... Um, when you're 15 years old and, and think you're going to make it to the big leagues. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. It is going to be those who have begun to develop the skills at a very young age. And, uh, you know, though that vision may not be refined and though it might not be detailed in the sense that you know every step along the way, there are some general things. You know, my daughter, um, who is a pediatrician today, um, you know, there was a time when she was very young, she decided she wanted to be a doctor. And she knew, and, and, and we guided her and directed her in this way, if you want to be a doctor, there are some certain things you're going to have to excel in in school. You know, I, I've seen kids that, well, they wanted, to be a, uh, they wanted to be a doctor or they wanted to be a lawyer or something, you know, and they couldn't even pass a, uh, the, I'm not saying they couldn't, but I'm saying they didn't. They didn't see it important that they pass uh, the science classes that they had or the, you know, uh, I science, but I want to be a doctor. Well, you're probably not going to be a doctor unless you can excel in science. Uh, you know, if you want to be a, a, uh, an accountant, you're going to have to excel in math. You know, there are some certain things that you do. And parents, it is your job to guide and direct your children in the right direction. If, the, if they show an interest in certain things, then you need to encourage them to take the classes in school that apply to what they're going to be doing. And, you know, this is why it's important you don't let your children decide when they're 18 what they want to do because they've already missed so much of the preparation by that time. It's important that they, uh, that they have some direction and some guidance, you know. And uh, one of the things that, that Jason wanted to be a worship leader, Wanted to be involved in music. Well, so he 
enrolled in music all the way up through school and, and learn proper singing techniques and, uh, you know, and, and learn those things in preparation for what he was doing. Now, I'm not saying that if you've waited till you're a young adult to, to decide to do something that you can't do it. That's, uh, I, I'm not implying that you can't do it. You can, but you can't just skip over that part. You're going to have to go back and do it as an adult what you could have done as a child. And so, moms, I want to encourage you to give and cast vision before your children. Now, um, one of the things we all ought to cast vision uh, towards with our children is being a man or a woman of God. Praise God. And, you know, there are, there are things it doesn't matter what field or profession that they go into, they, they need to begin to prepare how to be a godly husband, how to be a godly wife, how to be a godly uh, person, a God, you know, and, and to live their life in a godly way. Now, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse number 19, uh, we find the story of, of Hannah and uh, uh and Samuel, and begin with verse 19, it says, Then they arose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now the man Elkanah and, his, and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So see, Hannah had a vision for Samuel even before Samuel was born. And as a young child, she had a vision for him. Now, uh, I just want to say this right now that, you know, uh, well, I just let them do what they want to do. I want to let them do what they want to do. Well, that, that's a great thought. That, that's a great, it sounds, sounds really great, but the Bible says that a child left to himself brings his mother to shame. So don't leave them to themselves. Don't leave them to their own devices. Don't leave them to their own way. You guide them. That's what parenting is, is guiding and, and giving direction. Praise God. And so... It's not saying you're going to be this, but it is to begin to to pay attention and to begin to know, uh, you know, and and have a vision for them. And you know, and I'll I'll say something that uh, that we did, and we there are some truths and some principles that uh, my wife and I we stumbled onto 
and I say stumbled onto, meaning that that it's not something that we learned; it's something that we did by the grace of God, and and figured out later what we did. But it worked, and uh, you know that we we gave some direction because we had a vision. And one thing that you know, I, I've said this. In the past, it's been a while since I've actually taught on 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 this subject. But uh, you know, one of the things that we did was we never ever even considered that our children might not serve the Lord. That was, you know, it, it was never a. I never thought, well, what if my kids don't serve God? You know, my wife. You know, as I, as we've talked about this. And and she didn't either. We never considered, I mean, it was never even a thought, well, they might not serve God. We just, we begin, this is who we are, this is what we do, and this is the way that, that we live our lives accordingly. Praise God. And, and, um, and, and I'm going to pray for mothers before we leave today. And this wasn't something that I had planned to do, but I just sense the Spirit of God just directed me to do this this morning. But uh, um, the Bible talks about, talked about spiritual gifts a little bit earlier. One of the nine spiritual gifts that is listed in, in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the gift of faith. And the gift of faith is a, is a supernatural impartation of faith for a specific purpose. Now, the Bible tells us to desire spiritual gifts. And uh, I'm going just a little bit different direction off of my, uh, my prepared statement this morning, but, or my prepared message for this morning. But uh, I just sent Spirit of God directing me to go this direction. And uh, you know, what are the gifts... Of the Spirit is the gift of faith. It is a supernatural endowment of faith for a specific purpose. And when this gift of faith begins to work, you know, there is faith that we can attain by the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So as we hear the Word of the Lord, faith comes. But this is a supernatural, you, you can't decide, well, I need to have this gift of faith, and so I'm going to start preparing myself to receive the gift of faith and, you know, and ask God for the gift of faith. But it is something that, that uh, by the Spirit of God, God imparts a faith to you. And the patriarchs of old, they did certain things by the gift of faith. And the gift of faith often operates over an extended period of time. And uh, I'm giving you just a, I mean, the crash course right now. Okay, so this is, this is very brief and very, uh, um, very much right, just right to the point. But, you know, I didn't even realize until my children were adults that, my wife and I had operated in the gift of faith for our children. That's why we could never even question whether or not 
they would serve God. Because we begin to operate in that gift of faith and it became, and literally, when you're operating in the gift of faith, it becomes impossible for you to doubt. And so I want to, um, but before we close today, we're going to go on with our message, but before we close today, I want to pray and lay hands on, on, on mothers that the Spirit of God would uh, impart unto them the gift of faith for raising their children. Praise God, to raise them in the ways of God, to raise them to serve God, and then to, that, that they would not question whether or not their children were going to serve the Lord. Now, you know, uh, I believe when the Scripture tells us that we are to desire spiritual gifts, and then it tells us to, to desire the best gifts, now, some have said, well, what's the best gift? Well, the best gift is the gift that's needed at the time, right? Does that, doesn't that make sense? If the best gift would be the one you need at the time. If someone needs healing in their body, wouldn't you think that the gift of healings would be the best gift? If someone needs encouragement, would you think that the gift of prophecy might be the best gift? If someone, you know, they, they need proof that God knows what's going on in their life, wouldn't you think that the word of knowledge might be the best gift? If someone is needing uh, uh, direction for their life, maybe the word of wisdom that would give that direction would be the best gift. Well, for raising children, I'm telling you, there is no better gift to be operating in than the gift of faith. Praise God. Praise God. So let, let's move on today. But Hannah had a vision for Samuel, and so she began to, to cooperate with that vision. Verse 24 says, Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls and an epa of flour and a skin of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull. And brought the child to Eli, and he said, Oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, and I, which I ask of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord as long as he shall be lent to the Lord, so they worshiped the Lord there. So Hannah had a vision of Samuel being a man of God. And I'm not sure if she saw all that Samuel would, uh, would, would accomplish and all that he would become. The Bible talks about Samuel. He says that he was established as a prophet in the land and that the Lord uh, let none of his words fall to the ground. And so, you know, and, and I'm thinking that that perhaps Hannah saw this, you know, e even before uh, she became pregnant with Samuel. And she followed through with that vision, praise God. But um, let me talk about another mother here. And we don't have this mother's name, but we have her child's name. So King Lemuel's, 
mother gave him a vision of being a king. And then she taught him to behave like a king. Proverbs chapter 31 is, uh, you know, if you read that 31st chapter of Proverbs, you can see that. And, and uh, um, but it, it struck me as I was preparing for this morning that, first of all, she had a vision for him that, he, that he's a king. And she began to communicate with him, you are a king. Now, you see, it's important that we not approach things backwards. Sometimes we, we try and, and uh, parents will attempt to train up their children in the way they should go. Proverbs 22, 6, but they don't know which way they're supposed to go. Now, how can you train a child in the way they should go if you don't know which way they're going? See, we, we read, you know, that um, without a vision, the people cast off restraint. Without a vision, if, if you don't know where you're going, there's nothing to restrain you. And so if you, if you don't know which way your child needs to go, they, which way they should go, how are you going to train them up in the way they should go? And so we, we, we've thought many times that, that this only pertained to training them how to act right. Well, my mama trained me, you know, and, and, and taught me right, you know, and she didn't let me get with a lot of stuff. And, you know, well, you know, that, that's general stuff. There, there is more specific things in regard to bringing up a child, training a child in the way they should go. The way they should go is more than just being nice kids. It's more than just acting right. And so, um, you know, to train them in the way they should go, you need to seek God and find out which way they should go. God will begin to reveal that to you if you will be diligent to ask. He'll begin to, Lord, show me which way my children need to go. Show me how to train them up in the way they should go. In fact, um, I believe it's the Amplified Translation of Proverbs 22, 6 says this. It says, in keeping with their individual gift or bent. In other words, if you don't pay attention, how are you going to know what is their individual gift? How are you going to know which way is, is their bent or which, what, what their tendencies are? What? what their giftings are. If you don't pay attention, if you don't seek God. You know, I've seen too many parents try to direct their children in a way that the, the child wasn't gifted. The child wasn't, uh, that wasn't their individual gift or their bent, and yet the parent had a, uh, the, the parent was trying to fulfill their 
missed dreams through their child. Rather than seeking God, God, why, what was this child created for? You know, and, and I've heard many well-meaning parents say, well, I, I raise my kids all alike. Well, that, that's a mistake. Your children are not all alike. So you raise them in keeping with their individual gift or bent. Praise God. Praise God. Now, there are some general things. Every child should grow up to serve the Lord, right? Every child should grow up to know God, to be used of God in some way, in some fashion, praise God, to, to um, be involved with the things of God, but not every child is going is to serve God the same way. Not every child is going to have the same giftings, and you might have two that are side by side, but they may have different gifts. So training up a child in the way he should go you're going to have to have a vision of what their gifting is. Praise God. Praise God. Um, notice, I, I want to talk about King Lemuel and his mother. And there were some things that she said. Notice this in, in uh, verse number 3 of Proverbs 31. She said, do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. Now, why would she say that except that she had taught him, you're a king. You're a king. Your gifting is to be a king. Praise God. And then she goes on in verse 4. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings, to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. She says, wine is for people who are miserable. That's not you. Okay, you're a king. It is not for kings. It's for those who are miserable, those who are perishing. Give them the wine. You are a king. You are the one who are, you are gifted. You are anointed of God for a specific purpose, and that is to become a king. And notice what she goes on and she says to him, defend the defenseless, judge righteously, she says, open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause for the poor and needy. She's telling her young son this. You defend the, what, you're a king. This is what kings do. Now, if you try to teach your children to behave right, but they have no vision of why they need to behave right, you're going to be ineffective in your training. But if you train your children and teach them who they are, teach them that they are 
a king as as uh, Lemuel's mother did. She taught him he was a king, and then she had a foundation from which she could go back and say, you are a king. Now, here's what kings do. Praise God. Let me just encourage you with something very, very generic and very general. Teach your children they are righteous. Praise God. Teach your children that they are righteous. And this is what righteous people do. See, you won't have to tell them then, you won't, well, you better do this, you better do this. No, you are righteous. You know, we, we are believers. This is how believers do things. We're, we're believers. We believe that when we... You know, when we're, we, we believe that we have a purpose to serve God. You know, we, we are believers and believers go to church. Well, then you won't have to say, well, no, you have to go to church. You won't even need to say that. You know, there was, I cannot remember in raising two children, I can never remember a single time when my children ever asked, do we have to go to church? There was never even a question. They already knew the answer. We're believers, and believers go to church. You know? Well, you are this, and therefore, if, if you are this, then this is what you do. So give them the foundation of who they are, and then right behavior in, in accordance with who... Now, isn't this the way God does things? Isn't this the way grace works? You know, isn't this the way righteousness works? We, we know who we are, and then knowing who we are begins to affect what we do. Praise God. Praise God. If I know I am the righteousness of God in Christ, well, then here's what righteous people do. And it's just an, it, it is a natural outflow of knowing who you are. So, more important than teaching your children how to behave is teaching your children who they are. Praise God. And you can't do that if you don't know who they are. So, it's necessary that you find out who they are. Praise God. Not just who you are. You got to know that too. But know who they are, because when you know who they are, then you can say, as King Lemuel's mother did, this is what kings do. Well, you're a king. Oh, okay, well, I guess then that's what I ought to do. And it will just be, become a natural flow, just as it is right. The Bible says that when we look at Jesus and we know that that's what we are, we are what he is. We are the righteousness of God in Christ, and we're beholding him, and we know how he is. Then we, the, the apostle John wrote it this way, he who has this hope in him purifies himself. When he knows who he is, he purifies himself. So when you know, when, when your children know who they are, then they will begin to behave according to who they are. Is that making any sense to anybody? 
Praise God. Yeah, are you getting what I'm saying? Because this, this is so vitally important. Now, um, you see, teaching children right behavior is easy when you give them a strong vision of who they are as a foundation. Praise God. Teaching children right behavior is easy. Now, now don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying they'll never do something stupid. You know, they probably will, you know. But, uh, but training children or teaching children right behavior is easy when you give them a strong vision of who they are as a foundation. This is why we do this, you know. It's just like we talked about, about the athlete. This is why we go to practice because, well, you're a ball player. So you ball players go to practice. Now, King Lemuel's mother said, defend the defenseless and judge righteously. Now, why do you tell a kid that? Why do you tell a kid, you know, to defend the defenseless, to speak up for the speechless, to, you know, well, because she gave him a foundation that she could build that from, you're a king. And here's what kings do. Then, in verses 20 through 28, um, and you can read those on your own. She teaches him the value of making the right choice for a wife. If you're a king, then your choice for a wife needs to be someone who would be a good queen, right? I mean, doesn't that make sense? If you're a king and you're going to marry someone, it'd be a good idea to marry someone who could be a queen. Praise God. And then, verse 29, says, Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Now, remember this is all in the context of this is King Lemuel's what King Lemuel's mother taught him, but then this is talking about her, you know? And it says that many daughters have done well. Well, King Lemuel's mother, we'll just call her mom since we don't know her name, but, uh, but mom, you've done well with, King, with, with your son Lemuel. You've done well with him, and what he becomes, that's your works, that you have invested in him, and they will praise you. In other words, when your son is king, that will be a reflection of what you have invested in him. So your works then will praise you. You know, you can say, uh, that's my son, the king, you know. I, I taught him pretty well. Praise God. So your own works will praise you. So um, let, let's look at another king 
Solomon. Um, in Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse number 7, we know there, uh, in fact, verse 7 through about verse number 12, uh, the story of how that the Lord approached Solomon and he asked him, what, what shall I give you? And Solomon's answer was, give me wisdom to, to rule over these people. And the Lord said, well, because you didn't ask for wealth, you didn't ask for um, uh, the life of your enemies, you didn't ask for, for any of these things. He said, you're going to get all these things anyway. But he asked for wisdom to rule the people, and he said, there will never be anyone as wise as you or, 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 or like you. And uh, so anyway... Um, I begin to ask this question, why did Solomon ask for wisdom? What, what brought him to the place that he asked for wisdom? Because mom and dad and, you know, we're going to lean heavily on the mom's side of this today because it's Mother's Day, but, but mom taught him what wisdom would do for him. See, he knew the value of wisdom. That's why there was not a hesitation when he was asked, what, what, would, you, what would you want me to give you? What would you like? Well, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Because, see, if I've got wisdom, then all these other things, you know, I've got the wisdom to know how to get them. Praise God. Praise God. You know, it's like the, the old saying, let me put a little different twist on this, but the old saying of, uh, you know, give a man a fish and feed him for a day or teach a man to fish and feed him for a lifetime. Uh, well, you can give a man or, or you can ask a kid who knows and who has this understanding, well, what would you like, a fish or a fishing pole? He's going to take the fishing pole if he's, if he's been taught that he can catch a fish, then give me the fishing pole. You know, Solomon didn't ask for wealth because he knew if he had wisdom, wealth will come. He knew that, that uh, if he had wisdom, then all of the things that he desired would come as a result of wisdom. All of the fish he wants to eat will come as a result of having a fishing pole. So give me the fishing pole rather than the fish. Praise God. Praise God. And then let me close with this today. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 1. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise. But it will, that it may be well with you and you may be live long on the earth. So rather than desiring, well, everything to be well with you and a long, a long good life, well, if you've taught them honor, then they'll know how to have a good long life. Praise God. Praise God. Now, 
He says the first commandment with promise. The word obey means to listen to, to hearken. Of one who on the knock at the door comes to listen uh, who it is. So in other words, this is a picture of someone, they hear a knock on the door and they come and they listen to see who's at the door. Um, and, and then uh, it means to be obedient and to submit to. He's talking about children, obey or submit to or you know, be obedient to your parents for this is right. Um, and then it says, to honor your father and mother. Um, and this word honor means to estimate or fix the value of. The value of something belonging to oneself. Honor is uh, uh, to revere or to venerate. And, and something that I have noticed is there is no age limit on that. There is, there is not a point when it says until you turn 18. You know, uh, I haven't seen 18 in the Bible anywhere. You know who decided that children are adults when they're 18? The government decided that. And, uh, you know, you want to know when, when a child becomes an adult? When they begin to accept adult responsibilities and behave like an adult? That, that's, that's when they're an adult. Government says that that's at 18, but there are a lot of 40-year-olds that are not adults yet. Okay? Oh, I don't care what the government says. You may legally be an adult, but you are not an adult until you have learned one thing here, honor your father and mother. If you hadn't learned that yet, you're not an adult yet. Okay? So, it says that if you do that, it will be well with you. Praise God. It will be well with you, and you will live long on the earth. So I, I just say this. If you haven't been honoring your father and mother, you know, today would be a good time to turn that around and begin to honor your father and mother. And uh, because it doesn't say when, you know, either if you start doing this before you reach a certain age. No, start right now, right now today. When, when, whenever you start, then, then if things are going badly for you, maybe it's because you're not honoring your father and mother. Maybe you need to turn that around today and begin to honor your father and mother. Praise God. God's Word says it is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you will live long on the earth. Praise God. We began to steal that when our children were very small. When they would be in trouble for something, we'd explain to them why they got in trouble. And then we would say, now what does the Bible say? And the correct answer was, honor your father and mother 
that it may be well with you and you live long on the earth. And, and uh, you know, and we would always tell them, all right, why, why did you get a spanking? And the I mean, there were several reasons, because I did wrong, because I did, you know. But ultimately, it came down to this, because you love me and you want me to live long. You know, that was the right answer. You know, my daughter one time answered her mother, and she said, well, what does the Bible say? My daughter said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> well, that, that's true. It does say that. And, and her mother would say, uh, that was really funny, but you're still in trouble. <laughs> and so, you know, the correct answer is, you love me. And you want me to live long on the earth. Praise God. Praise God. And so, anyway, as promised today, I, I want to pray for, for mothers. And, you know, one thing about when, when we begin to look at King Solomon, mother and father were in this together. Now, I know that there are some in this room today that you don't have the advantage of the father involved in the children's life. Now, I, I understand that, and I get that, and I know that God works with us where we are. You know, God is about knowing how to deal with us where we are, not where we ought to be or not where we want to be, but where we are. And so, if you have children that still live in your house, I want to ask you to come first. And I want to pray for you and impart. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to impart to you the gift of faith to bring those children up. And then after that, I'm going to pray for every mother here that, uh, that what, whatever your position in life is, whatever your place in life is, that... Uh, that God would just begin to impart to you the wisdom and, and uh, to, to be an influence right where you are, no matter what your age, no matter what your children's ages, but, but to, to begin to have the influence in their lives um, and, and uh, to know how to help them because they need your help. You've been there before. They need your help. Praise God. And so, um, first of all, for mothers, and, and if, if father's in the room, you come too. Praise God. But if your children are still living in your house, they're, they're still young and living in your house, go ahead and come right now. Praise God.
Okay, the other mothers, I'm just going to pray for you right where you're at. You don't need to need to come forward, but, but just open up your heart and receive this. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, regardless of their place in life, regardless of where they are, Father, in, in, in their, uh, with their children, regardless of ages, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Honey, stay, stay up here for just a second. In the name of Jesus, Father, I just release that wisdom unto them, Father, to be the influence that you have called them to be. Father, to, uh, to impart wisdom to parents of, of children, to, to the parents of their grandchildren. Father, in Jesus' name, Father, to be the influence of, uh, of, uh, and a help to them to bring up their children in the way they should go. And Father, that this be a turning point for some today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You got something? You just, uh, I think you got something you need to say. I don't know what that is. Okay. All right. Well, that's why I had you stay. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. If you are here today and you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, whether you're sitting in this room or whether you're watching us online, the place to start is by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. You see, you really can't train your children in the way they should go until you know Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior. That's the beginning place. So I want to ask you today, if you believe that Jesus came to this earth, became one of us, lived on this earth, went to the cross in our place, and there at the cross, he paid for every one of our sins. And then he rose from the dead. And if you want Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior, and I want you to pray this after me. Whether you're watching online or whether you're sitting in this room, let's all pray it together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to pay for my sin, and you raised him from the dead so I could have new life. Thank you, Jesus, for suffering and dying in my place so I don't have to. And I receive you as my Lord today. Come into my life. I choose you as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. I'm finished with trying it my way. And I choose to put my trust in you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Word of Life Church, please visit us on the web at wolcarlsbad.com. Thank you and have a great week.